Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of Flats and Shanks podcast. I'm Tom Shanklin, and that is David Flatman. I do my own intro. No, well, that's what I thought. But last week, when we interviewed Tom Davis, um, you introduced me. Did I alpha you? Yeah. Oh, God, sorry. No, that's my job. I didn't have any eye contact with you because I couldn't see around Big Fella. Anyway, hiya. He was a large guy. Big guy. I mean, I hope you enjoyed the Esquire Townhouse podcast with Tom Davis. Um, I'm hoping the sound was all right. I mean, look, we didn't record it. It was a big room. It was a big library. Plenty of books. Real books as well, because when you first look at them, I, you know, I did think they were fake, and I thought it was going to be a, a secret passage somewhere. But Shanks, boy, you are too sensitive. One person has emailed about the sound, and it was filmed in a big room with loads of people drinking beers. Sorry, recorded. And it was recorded by someone else with a system in another room. And it was not a room designed for pods, a room designed to be lived in. And with all the doors are open, massive high ceilings, considering that, the sound was amazing. And if you're really, really worried about sound quality, then get out more. Um, so that, you know, oh, oh sorry, what, no, what I mean to say is we really apologise and we'll try and do better. But if you're seriously going to start tweeting in about sound quality now, I mean, you know. I don't know, I, I, I'm tempted to say go and listen to something else, but please don't listen to us and give us five-star reviews and write us nice love letters. I have sensitive skin. Um, it, but it was a very enjoyable pod. What a funny guy. Do you know what? I got really nervous when uh, I met him just before the show started. You know, I went nervous because um, you had five beers. I said, <laughs> what? <laughs> Ciders. I said, yeah. um, what do I call you? Do I call you Tom or do I call you D.I.? Um, Steel, you said. Steel, yeah. And Michelle goes, it's sleet. I went, oh, Oh, I just got starstruck. 
because I'd watched nearly every episode of Murder and Successful. And you called him Steel. Yeah. Um, I fa- anyway, he phased me. Um, I don't he, often get like that. I like it when he did the DI sleep voice during the thing. Very so much enjoying it. I'm not going to do it. Anyway, you, if you listen to it, you heard it. But I would advise you listen to that because it's absolutely nothing to do with rugby. But that is just a a big, successful man with funny bones. I mean, I thought he was coming on the pod because he liked rugby. But it turns out he likes West Ham. Yeah, he's an hammer, isn't he? He's he does hammer. like rugby. He does like rugby. He watches. He's built for it, that's for sure. Yeah, he's a big fella. Um, a do big you know what fella. I did on the way home? No. How would I know that? Well, I'm telling you. It was okay. I got the tube to Paddington, and there was a half-hour wait for my train, so I had a little fitness burger and some mm. potato on the side. Some sliced potato? Yeah. And I got a flu jab in boots. Pardon? Yeah. You heard me. Got a flu jab in boots. The winter's coming. John Snow told me that. But you're a night walker. I thought you were immune. No, I'm not. It appears I'm not. Um, I thought I was. Did it hurt? What do you mean you got a flu jab? They're giving out free flu jabs. Don't give out free flu jab. You might get a free one. Why? You're just morbidly obese. But Look like a victim. Um, I no, you pay twelve pound ninety nine. I think you've got to fill out a little disclaimer form. They take you in a little consultancy room, and off off pops the top. That's the only reason you did it. Cha ching. Get your rig and out. Doosh, in the arm. Done. Chassis out. Chassis out. So I will not be missing any podcasts due to illness. I mean, you still can get the flu, but I think you get it less than what less you aggressively or less regularly. Aggressively, right? I would assume. Can I ask you a genuine question now? At what age do you think your kids can be before you have to stop parking in parent and child? Forty. Serious. Okay. I mm, do you use because them I, when you haven't got your kids with you because you've got blacked out windows and people won't be able to see? No. Don't you? No. I only use them when I've got kids. Use them without kids, do you? No, couldn't I? I never would do that. But what age do you think? Um, I think it's the age at which you can guarantee they won't open your door and slam it into a car next to you and knock all the paint off. Okay, so you probably reckon about eight years old, is it? No. Fifteen. Okay, fine. Fifteen to thirty. That's too old. Fifteen to thirty. How's your week been? Yeah, right, yours? Yeah, good. Well, we obviously met up on, on Thursday, didn't we? So you got an extra pod. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Friday, had a nice little lunch at the Swalick Stadium. It was the Concrete Society lunch. That sounds... I'm going to level with you now. That sounds terror. It's up there with the Sand Society and the Mud Society. Yeah, or down there with those societies. Yeah. It sounds like a terrible way to spend an evening. It's just basically... It's an afternoon, and it's okay. for anyone involved in concrete, so builders. Serial killers. <laughs> Mafia. <laughs> but it was, linked, it was linked to Wooden Spoon. It was linked to Wooden Spoon. And oh, that's all right, then. Um, the sort of, it was their 10-year anniversary of, they linked it to the 10-year anniversary of Wales winning the Grand Slam in 2008. So you had myself, Ryan Jones... Shane Williams was meant to be there, but he had an infection after his vasectomy. Oh, that's what it was. He's in hospital. He said he was poorly. So he didn't have the balls to be there. Oh! Oh, I didn't use that, obviously. No, he'd love to, but in the end, he just couldn't come. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Load the time. Uh, but Lee Byrne <laughs> filled in for him. What? Because yeah. he couldn't come. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like the old days. So what... 
It, did he actually have a vasectomy? Are you yes. joking? No, he did. He, he how how does it, is that public? Are you, are you telling everyone now? Is it, uh, people meant to know that? I don't know. I didn't know it was a secret, but he's, oh, he's well, it's in not hospital. Now. And, uh, it's not. He's fully recovered. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit lighter. Uh, but it was really good. Sean Holly compared it. Yeah, a lot of money raised. Wooden Spoon, great charity, massively linked with charity. rugby. Charity. Uh, I had about 430 people there. So it was, it was good. Okay. A couple of wines. God, I bet you did. You took right in, didn't you? Yeah, I made, made Martin Nugget have a couple of vodka, lemonades. He liked them. Did he? Yeah. Is that a new one for him? Yeah, he's mostly, he's a bitter man. What does he drink? Or a scotch. What he, uh, Rev James. That's a joke, bitter. Oh, God, don't worry. Oh, no. Crack on. It's rubbish. Um, okay, so that was Friday, was it? Yeah, well, where were you Friday? Oh, who's asking? You are. You're asking. Um, where was I on Friday? Well, hang on, we haven't discussed the days leading up to that. Because we, we didn't discuss what we've been up to on in our pod, did we? Well. What did you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Do you know what I mean? Can't remember, mate. Not much. Well, Not much. What do you do? Well, let's let's wind it back, shall we? Um, you must have something exciting, otherwise you wouldn't have mentioned it. No. Yeah, um, here we are. Went to see Richard Branson in Virgin's office. <laughs> no. Went, actually, out, went out the atmosphere in one of those planes and come back in. Actually, my two sisters and I took my mum to uh, Luckman Park, which is like a spa hotel just outside Bath. Yeah. For two days. Because she is 70 today. By the way, it's Sunday today. Today is her 70th birthday. Do you buy any treatments like a... A cranial a, a massage. massage, a bikini line, those sort of stuff. <laughs> Hot stones massage. <laughs> <laughs> I got her a head massage. Um, I got her. We got her a head massage. Um, we had nice, lovely food. We had a few bottles of Malbec. We had a lovely walk in the morning. We went in the spa. Um, we had a... Oh, we Tom... Do you know what? Jokes aside, we had a lovely time. We had a lovely time. Oh, that's good. Did you um, have any treatments? No. I also met, there was this bloke in the pool. You know footballers, um, we're all meant to think they're all tiny little uh, weasels who are horribly behaved. And, Maggots. And stupid. You call but we actually know no, they're not. No, we don't. We don't. We're actually not. I met, um, in the in the pool base, there was this big unit. He would have been like 6'2", um, nicked up, like rigged up, but quite big. Like so, I was like definitely a rugby player, and he came closer. Vincent um, Company. No, he came closer, right. and he had like a stitches in his eye, black eye, rake marks on his neck. Anyway, he saw me in the changing room, and I was like, "You've been playing a bit of rugby there, mate." He was, "I'm a footballer," and he's actually um, Lucas Dukowitz, which who is the is a centre forward in Birmingham City. He was there with his wife. Very, very lovely people. Lovely bloke. Very, big rugby fan. Very bright. Really good chat. Really. Did you ask where the stitches were from? Were they from football? From football. Pasha heads? Football, or yeah. Yeah. Went up for Edda, Went up for Edda, didn't he? But he was a really, really good bloke. And we had a nice bit of chat, actually. Uh, so, yeah, went there. Do you swap numbers? We're on. We're DMing each other on Twitter. It's really nice. So you. Bezies. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was nice. You'd and make then, a good uh, spy, you would. I did like Befriending a, everyone a and talk at my kids' school on the Tuesday night, a networking event. Um... And I did that primarily because I'm a great guy and love to give back. Secondly, because they're both at prep school. And if they're going to get into the big school, they've actually got to get the nod. It's not automatic. So I do as many favours as I can for the school. Yeah. 
What are you taking pictures of? No, your little hands. That was all. I'm taking, and I and I do, uh, I do as many favors as I can for the school, and you've got the smallest thumbs I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Thank you. That's okay. Um, so what was next? Oh yeah. Did you do a, a talk for the kids or was it no, for the no, adults? No, no, grown-up networking event, adult networking event. And what was your talk on? Oh, you know, life, love, Was it more romance. of a motivational talk or was it a spit and sawdust? No, it was, it is... Do you have any music playing? What is networking and why am I here? Okay. Um, I came into Simply the Best. Um, do you have your little book of, forwarded by Duncan Goodhue? I can't remember what it is. In- anyway, no, it was fine and it was really nice. Um, but on Wednesday, Tom, they're building a they. Some people, what we know, are building some, are building a, creating a private members club in Central Bath, which, believe it or not, and you might disagree, is something Bath badly needs. A really cool little club, not a nightclub, but a members club. I'm not pretentious, mate. So and no. yeah, I am. So that's been really cool. So we went to the meeting about that. Did the blimmin' thing, didn't we, on the live pod? Didn't we? Yeah. And then on the day after the live pod up in town, I hosted um, Rugby Speaker of the Year, NBA That's events. That's right, you did. So it was a front row special. So you had Adam Jones there. Bomb. Mark Regan. Ronnie. And Brian Moore. Morrow. Morrow. And special guest for a Q&A, Jamie Heaslip, Esquire. How was it with Jamie Heaslip? Oh, it was great. Really? Yeah, yeah, class. Smooth. Yeah, just lovely and fun. Just really nice. He, he's He'll be a rock star. Well, he already is in rugby terms, but I mean, in the media, he'll be great. But he was really, really good. He signed with um, Channel 4, hasn't he, for the yeah. European All three of the lads spoke really coverage. well. Mark yep. Regan toned it right down, didn't say the C word once. Um, was he sweating? Yeah, not more. No, not, not too bad. Had and he lost any weight? Nope. But he won Rugby Speaker of the Year. I mean, okay. yeah. Are it, there any prelims leading up to that, or is it just no. the final? That's no, it's it. a commercial event. Yeah, yeah, okay, just, yeah. Three different people each year, pretty much. But, um, MBN did that, and because um, I was up on the Thursday night, um, normally I don't ask for things like, can I have a hotel room or something like that? I just sort myself out, get up there, and whatever. I don't like being in hotels where I don't have to be. And um, they actually, MBN actually sorted me out a hotel room right at the venue, which is really handy, because if you've got to meet at half ten to start rehearsing for the event, you haven't got to get out of bed till ten. You can still got time for breakfast. And I got there, and they're... There was only one room left, and they flip and upgraded me. To what? To a suite. And it had a, a button you press, and this blind went up, and you could see through a glass window into the bath. So if you were there with your lady or man friend, you could watch them in the bath. But it was just me, so I was effectively watching myself. You've got a taste for it now, though, haven't you? Yeah. You want to upgrade every single time. Yeah. But they were very kind in uh, sorting me that out. Um, lovely event. Got home. And then, what day is it today? Sunday. Just come here, come straight here to, to meet you, Shanko, from Gloucester against Cast. And yesterday I was at Bath Recreation Ground when they played Toulouse. We'll talk about that in a minute. Very nice. All right. There you are, mate. You got it. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, my boy. Okay, boy. We better talk about what Champions Cup, Heineken Champions Cup, as it is now known. Uh, we'll start with Friday night mm. at the RDS, Leinster the or, versus, or RDS. They call it, don't they? RDS, RDS yeah, Leinster versus Wasps, fourteen-three half time. Oh yeah, and that was only down to a late try by Leinster, I believe. Yeah, well, it wasn't by Wasps, was it? No, oh, no, um, but. Did you see that result come in? Um, I mean, we. I think we all saw that Leinster would be very tough to beat away in their backyard, but not by such a drumming. That's a massive confidence dipper for Wasps, hugely. Yeah. Especially, you know, they did have a they did have a strong team out as well. Yeah, I mean, let's not let's not muck about. They absolutely took Wasps apart, didn't they? They looked incredible. The brutality of those ball carriers it's their footwork before contact wasn't it it yeah. wasn't you know then they don't just pick a line and run it and run through the ball which a lot of people do do and that does work but it's it's a stop it's the little check it's you know what they're trying to do is basically set defenders so when you when you're defending you want to move the defender so they can't make an aggressive hit on you and when you stop and you do footwork before it they can't really use Defender can't really use his momentum to tackle you, so mm. they end up getting their forward, uh, their shoulders through past the ball. I mean, look, the first try, like Cronin, the sneaky pick and go Rapid. is what we call it. Yeah, but it was on a ruck earlier. I mean, Wasps were so worried about getting around to the far side that they yeah. were setting guard far side. They were so worried that Lencer were going to keep playing the same way that they weren't setting their guard on the inside. So yeah. you look at the ruck before, Cronin could have easily gone. He probably had a little look there and thought, oh my God, it was on then. Oh my god, it's ne- on again. Next rack is on yeah. again, but he just has the pace just to, to so finish quick. it as well. Yeah. Um I was I didn't think the Sopawanga yellow um was the correct call. That was on the forty minute mark, the clock had gone red. That looks like a genuine intercept to me. Yeah. That he's genuinely going for the ball. And agree entirely. I don't think um I mean there's a difference between him trying to go for that intercept than there is for a slap down. Yeah. Slap down when the hand's moving down, slapping the ball down, agree, yellow every single time. But I felt for him it was a poor call, and that made a massive difference because obviously then um, lets it go on to score. So, mm. yeah, and they just by the end, you see, you know, Tyke Furlong running outside arcs, drawing defenders one handed off oh, the outside channel. You see Johnny Sexton putting it through his legs to Lowe, who was brilliant, by the way. All the way through the game, he was brilliant. He's never been capped. Can you believe that? Amazing. What a player. What a finisher. What 
Powerful. Just but how well he works off his wing. Do you know what yeah. was real difficult for Wasp is that when Leinster made breaks, and I was watching them, they had so many support runners that basically the Wasp defenders couldn't get near him to tackle him because yeah. their support runners were essentially legally blocking them from making tackles. Yeah. You know, you look at the low try, and I think it's Rob Carney's running the support line, but the support line is so good that it stops Elliot Daly making a tackle. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, they just—they were just. I and mean, the same, were, with, same with McGrath for his his second try. They were a couple of levels on, weren't they? they yeah. Were, they weren't a level above Wasp. They were two or three levels above, like whatever that means. Any Leinster player that was making a break was like, well, I'd imagine the president of the United States would be like going for a run with the Secret Service, like Kim Jong Un with his limo, just yes. like eight people running next to it, exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> you just can't get near him. Yeah, I mean, they—they they hammered Wasp. They were—they were so good, so so good, and. Got to be favourites now. Austin Healy said he thinks still thinks Saracens are better, but I don't see how you can watch that. And yeah, they just they look brilliant. Yeah, I think they, anything else. They've just got strength everywhere. Yeah, which is the problem. But you know, when you when you do have Sexton playing at ten, it's just he makes such a huge difference. You know, I know it's one man in the team, but he just like I reckon over these last four or five years, like he's always been good, but he's just gone up to a, a whole new level. Yeah. But you got outside him, you've got Henshaw and Ringrose, and you've mm. got Lowe. It's like, I mean, it's just ridiculous, the players they've got. I mean, yeah. But the point is, a bit like Chiefs, a bit like Sarries, they take good players and make them better and better and better and better. Everyone, everyone just improves mm. when they go there. So it's not just about signing good players and having them. It's about having created them. You know? I watched the Scarlets play Rassin. Um, I mean, I thought the Scarlets should have won that. They should have. I really think they should have. I think they had... Uh, enough possession and enough chances to win it but just I mean I thought they've not really hit the heights they have last season they've been playing well and they've had a couple of big wins predominantly Leinster at home um, I think that was second or third game in but it's not quite been clicking for some reason or not um, but unfortunately get a penalty try right at the end after a driving line out and Gareth Davis gets carded for that and it's a penalty try and I think it's the correct decision I think it's the correct decision he goes in he drops it it's a, bound to be a certain try had he not dropped it it's definitely correct letter yeah. of the law yeah um, definitely correct but look they they lost their first two games last uh, last season I think mm. they still made the the final stages so yeah, really but I mean really the, the big thing that. is the big thing is your home games isn't it that's the mm. that's the main ones um but yeah, it wasn't really a that exciting game. Fourteen thirteen to Rassin. Bath to lose was a good game. Not much happened. Yeah, again, Bath started strong, like last week against Exeter. Mm. Started, they came out the blocks. They were flying, mm. but sort of tailed off towards the end a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, I can't quite work out how they lost that. Obviously, the poor old Freddie Burns minus the Howler would have helped. I mean, we'll get to that, but. I mean, they did start well. And Roberts, Jamie Roberts' try was really good, took a really good angle, looked really hungry, and he's just been laid off for a while. I mean, mm. um, prior prior to that, he'd played pretty well for Bath, um, especially against Harlequins, but he fractured his jaw, I think it was, or his cheekbone. Cheekbone. And he's come back. And I mean, Toulouse looked really good in the loose, um, mm. when there was loose kicks and off the cuff. You know, they were they had a lot of gains just by individual brilliance, really. But um, Colby looked good on the, on the oh, wing, didn't he? Those feet. What are you supposed to do with that? There's nothing you can do. Knackered. Nothing you can do. You're knackered, do. aren't you? Yeah. 
Really good. But, Unbelievable feat. Um, just before we, we talk about the Burns, the Jerome Kano yellow for Roberts. What are you saying? You know what I'm saying, because I said it on telly. What are you saying? Well, you and Austin agreed that it was a, a yellow card. No. No. We we both... No, actually, you didn't even agree it was a yellow card. You didn't, you didn't think, you thought it was fine. You thought it was not even a penalty. What rugby is trying to move away from, I believe, is having two upright people colliding with big collisions like that. Um, I don't. I don't believe from the angles I've seen. I've not spoken to Jamie. Um, I've, spoke, I've spoken to him today. I spoke to him every other day. But I don't believe contact was initially made on the jaw or hit the jaw. I think it was chest. Now, Jamie's hit an angle. He's seen an angle. He's hit it. He's running hard. He's not changed direction. No footwork. He's just running hard. He's leading with a shoulder. He's dipped, and Jerome Kane has just stayed tall. Now, statistically, from research, they, that collision is most likely to cause concussion, mm. and it has. But if you take away, and I don't believe it was hit high, but if you take away that type of tackle, there'll be no aggressive hits in rugby, really. And all the emphasis is on the tackle at the moment, and we talk about this nearly every week, the, the, the tackle laws. All the emphasis is on the tackler about safety there's got to be an element and there's got to be a bit of responsibility from the attacker as well from the guy carrying um i don't i don't like to see yellow cars or red cars given for those types of tackles but unfortunately this is the way the game is ref now yeah so yeah but this is a, is a tough one because i Jerome Kano does not sink his hips. He does not sink low for a tackle. He goes, he wants to tackle high, he wants to smother him, he wants to use his chest. Now, if you want to tackle someone like Jamie when he's hitting that angle, or a big runner like Jamie, like if you go low, the chances of you getting bounced are very, very high. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna be off balance. You have to you have to stay tall and stay strong. Um and so, I think if I'm worried. I do get worried, you know that. I'm You're sensitive. such a warrior, such a warrior. But we're we're going to lose aggressive hits in rugby. Yeah, I think. Um, yes, it's difficult when when you are, as you know, Tommy. When you're commentating live on a game, you have to see something and bang, give an opinion. Bang, 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 give an opinion. You've got a gun, have you? Yes, I have. Crossbow. So it's like right, whack it, whack the opinion in. This is what I think, and it has to be. Not instant because you get replays, but verging on instant. Very, you don't get very. So what? What I'm not going to do is back off from what I said because I do think I think Jamie Roberts. No, you're allowed to back off because yeah, I know. But I'm, I'm going to. I'll do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. I'm not going to change what I think about that tackle. Yeah, I do not think that was an illegal tackle. However, think about what we're trying to avoid. You're dead right. Two upright people running into each other. All the onus is on the defender at this stage. Maybe that can change. Maybe that's an interesting idea. If you want to remove this greyness, if you want to remove these conversations from the narrative, then you have to permanently lower the tackle height and it has to be chest height or below. It can't be shoulder height, right? Then, sounds obvious for safety. Rugby's always been, without being too glib, a game for all shapes and sizes. Then you've got Luke Charteris or you've got Courtney Laws. Now, if they get time, a second or two seconds to plan a tackle, they can get low enough. If you're 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", whatever it is, 
if you've got a split second react to someone changing a line, you are going to find that I think that not all people, because some athletes are more coordinated than others, but the big, the talk, the biggest, biggest guys are actually going to really struggle to get the tackle low enough. Now, it's never been in the laws that you can hit someone high, but I think consistently being below shoulder height, I think is going to be difficult for a lot of the bigger men when tackling the smaller men. And also, when you run into a big tackle or a tackle as upright as Kano was, and there's a brilliant picture on Twitter someone sent me, when the impact is made, his head is significantly lower than Jamie Roberts' head. It's all pretty much a whole head lower than Jamie Roberts' head. Yes, it rides up and Roberts falls down after the hit, but it's he is lower than Roberts when he hits him. However, so I stand by that call. However, if you run in as upright as he did and clash that aggressively, these days you know what is coming. And I looked at Jerome Kano and thought he's pretty happy that's not a red. Yes. And I think he backed that up with what he said after the game. So if you do that, you're asking for it. A lot of it is about the picture you paint for the referee. But also, if you're taking an angle like Jamie did, there's no hole there. He's just taking an angle. He's just decided to run that angle. You're going to run into a wall, and it's going to hurt. You know, mm. there's got to be an element of a bit of a you know a bit of responsibility on him because he's running into traffic. There's no sidestep. He's not running into arms. He's just seen a man. He's picked him. He's running him. Um, but then you get you know if if we're asking and if laws come out to say that tacklers have to tackle lower, then you're sort of losing like a smother tackle. So. I could come up against you. I could wrap my arms around you. I'm still high. My heads are still on he- head. But you're going to lose that type of tackle. You're going to lose a, a smothering tackle where you end up rocking back with defenders. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, there is still... If you watch Sam Underhill play for a game, you can still nail people perfectly legally in terms of height and smash people backwards. However, he's six foot tall. Rugby is also has a lot of people who are six six plus, and you're asking them to repeatedly get low. So, I reckon if if Jamie Roberts had taken that angle at Sam Underhill and he'd gone low, I reckon Sam Underhill would be probably might might have been knocked out, knocked out. Hia, yeah, it's you know it is a mm. but anyway, a so never ending conversation it seems. So they lose Jamie Roberts, and then later on in that game, Freddie Burns has a penalty right in the middle of the sticks where he misses and hits the post. Ah. Um, that is poor execution of skill. Well, it's horrible moment number one. Horrible moment number one. Redemption comes minutes later with a lovely break, running in in front of the Bath faithful. Celebrating. We, look, we know what happened next. So what are you saying about it, Tom? Um, I'm saying I feel for him because obviously he had no idea. Madar was behind him, but he's doing panto this Christmas. I, uh, he's uh, I am a firm believer of when you are crossing that line, you still got to switch on. And I hate it when I hate it when players have the ball tucked under their arm. They they don't transfer it to two hands to put the ball down. It just they move that from one arm to the other to put it down. Um, I think what's killed him a little bit is. The celebration to the crowd, oh. the, f- the feel of the badge, using one hand to put it down. Um, you know, your job's not done until you've put the ball down. Now, I've scored a few tries. You have, and yeah. I would mainly against Japan, to be fair, <laughs> and Romania. Romania. I would. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't score like that because I'd be too worried about 
either losing the ball from you know when you when you've got it in one hand you put it on the floor you know just that movement of it slipping out you know I'd be far more conservative about making sure the ball is placed on the ground um look he's it's a horror it's an absolute horror for him and I think it was the correct decision to take him off as well do you yeah right question number one yeah. do you feel sympathy for him I feel a little bit of sympathy for him yes because it can happen to anyone and you think it was you and why do you think it was the correct decision to sub him off because Ed was gone completely I think you cannot come back from that and I think what has highlighted it so much is the actual magnitude of the game and where it was it was a try it was a a, a game winning try and he has essentially lost it for his team which and I've got sympathy for that because you know stuff like this can happen in rugby and he just you know if it was you it would be it would never it would never be me because I wouldn't have done that but <laughs> it can happen to people so he's human after all and I do feel sorry for him but he hasn't helped himself by celebrating whilst going over the line. Um, no. But correct decision to take him off because how can you come back from that? Um, it would have massively affected your head. The game was still there to be won as well. You know, there was still time left on the clock and you've got a player like that on the field and he's you he can't recover from that in time. So I think it was a correct decision to take him off, unfortunately for him. Um, but also, there's a couple of seconds left when the ball goes into touch, mm. which... The game no was called up early. No one's really mentioned. Yeah, we called it in commentary, but didn't we? But they yep. haven't. But they haven't. No one mentioned it. It's no one stopped it. It's really bizarre. Yeah, I mean, look, we, I'm not going to tell you anything. No one's already heard about. No one hasn't heard about Freddie. But I, I, I went. I popped out for a couple of beers on Saturday night last night, and he was in Bath at the pub. And fair play to him, fronted up, and he, you know, he's like, right, the, the bar was packed, and we're sitting in a little corner on our own, you know, because he's getting a bit of privacy. But he says, right. I said, you haven't got to get around him, Freddie, because obviously you're going to get hammered if you go over there. You're going to get accosted, mobbed, you know. And he's like, no, I'll go and get around him. And he, to be fair, he went and got a tray of beers. You can drop them on the way back, mind. <laughs> Only joking, Fred. I didn't go out last night on the Chinese at home. <laughs> um, ah, poor old Fred. Brutal, oh, poor Absolutely bloke, brutal. Yeah. Was that the same? Was that the same night you bought a load of crisps and threw them at you, and someone else caught them? <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Fred. But the thing is, um, I, d- I do feel sympathy because I'm nicer than someone like uh, Jeremy Guscott, who I love very much, but by his own admission, doesn't really feel empathy. Um, sort of semi, sort of semi sociopath, semi sociopathic, uh, but not really. He's lovely. But I think there has to be an urgency to get the ball down when you're over the line. I agree. Okay? Ken, as the so, great, as the great Kenny Logan once said to me, why do people put the ball down five minutes after they cross the try line? Put it down millimeters after the try line. Get the thing on the floor and scored. Why do people spend all this time? But the celebrating thing, you know, Reese Priestland, who was captain at the weekend, has basically kind of basically hammered, you know. Um, Freddie, whatever, for celebrating before. He says it, you know, I cannot believe we're doing this. It's a terrible thing to do. Oh, no, you know, not Freddie. It's like, yeah, but why else are you talking about it? It's, you know, it is. Tom Homer dropped one not that long ago as well over the I line. I know, but I was thinking that Freddie might not like that, that his captain said that. But anyway, um, Stir it up. The, 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 the celebration thing, I, you know, I didn't score many tries, but I wouldn't have dreamt of doing that because I was so scared that I was going to drop it. But also, it's showmanship, and we like showmanship, we like drama. And the crowd love it, and 
I like people getting excited about scoring tries. Like I was never as bothered by the ash splash as everyone else was. I think, well, if he wants to go and do it, if he one day drops it, then, you know, shave his head, tattoo twat on his forehead. Like Leguizamon for um Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just think, poor bloke, and I do not, I do not agree with having subbed him off, even if his head was gone. What if someone else had made a break, he'd got on the end of it and scored in the last minute? Yeah, but I think they're more worried about him. Trying to trying to finish the game off, and you know the game was still there to be won. And I, I do I do think it was uh, the correct decision. Do you know what I would do, Tom? You can't come back from that, is what I'm saying. I think I don't think I'm be a very good director of rugby because you've got to be really really organised and oversee loads of admin stuff, and that's not really my scene. No, you'd you'd have too many jokes. You'd be the joke meister. Joke meister general. No, but I'd, I'd be I'd be dicking around a bit, but I'd also not really into the admin and being at work every day and stuff like that. But I do. Um, I do think I could manage men reasonably well and the one person who'd be playing next week would be Freddie Burns. Okay. I would be starting. Freddie Burns would be my f- first name on the team sheet next week. Get him back in the saddle. Don't hammer him. Mate, you've got to... Ha- you, made, you made a mistake. Yeah, like Tommy. If you, if, you, if you miss a tackle, yeah, chances are you're going to be dropped. Yeah, but if you miss... If you consistently make your tackles and you miss one absolute horror tackle, like Freddie... Scores tries, scores points. He's not perfect. He can be a bit erratic sometimes. But when Bath are on the front foot, he delivers really good quality rugby at 10. He's threatening. He's varied. He's got a really good broad skill set. He made one horrible howler. He had a bad day. His confidence is at an all-time low. Where, however you look at yeah, it... In, okay, in, yeah, I agree with you. In I business you. terms, you're paying him shed loads of money. Why bin him, him off, bin him off and leave him because his confidence is smashed? Why not get the most out of your investment and try and build him back up as quickly as you possibly, yeah, possibly no, I, can. Yeah, I that is not by leaving him out. That's what I think. Yeah. That's why I should be I should be running old four skinnians RFC, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> is that an actual team? Must be. Has to be. Uh so you had Exeter Munster, Classico, yeah. ten all. Real good chance for Exeter to win it right at the death as well. Yeah, but Shanks, most importantly, I was at the wreck. So I'd literally got in my car. I was going to take my bike, but it was raining. Got in my car, drove up the hill, and watched the other game at home in my pants. So I, was, I lived two minutes away from the wreck. Crumbs all over you. Yeah. Tracker um, bars. I've never seen this before. Conway goes to charge down the Cow and Dickey try. And the conversion, up, the Steenson yeah, conversion, yeah. And ends up um, taking Steenson out. Yeah. And nothing was made of it. Yeah, they said like leads with his elbow as well. Someone said it was accidental. So, no, he's run well, out. He's, and he, ju- he was jumped for the ball to try and charge it down, but you cannot then turn and lead with your elbow. He was also he was also according to lucky, very commentator lucky. on the day um, offside. He was actually he was offside. He started his run too but quickly. Munster did very well there to hang on for a draw, and that's a that's essentially a win for them, I mm-hmm. think. Um, Hell Card- of a game, mind. Yeah, it was. Card- tell you who, sorry, I'm keep butting in. Yeah. Tell you who was outstanding for what? Um, Exeter Chiefs was Harry Williams. Tight head prop before he went off. I thought he was excellent in the scrum, okay. in defence, in attack. I thought he was great. It looks really good. Cardiff Blues travel to Leon. Now, what, Tommy, what a performance. Very, very good. And Scum, star yes. player. Very, yeah, I think he is the number one ten in Wales at the moment, I think. I think you said this last week. No, he, played, you? 15, he played 15 today because Jared Evans 
played at 10. And I think I think the reason he has to play at 15 is because you need both of those players for the, the type of the game the Blues want to play. Now, the Blues had a fairly lightweight pack. Um, they had Macaulay Cook, Josh Turnbull in the second row, Ollie Robinson, Ellis Jenkins and Josh Navidi. Yeah. So you, it's a mobile pack. And when you've got a mobile pack like that, you know, there's no point playing tight. You're going to have to play a width. So you've got the two ball carriers, uh, ball players in, um, Gareth Anscombe and Jared Evans. And it, it just worked. And now Anscombe scored just a brilliant individual solo try, a yeah. bit like low for Leinster. Just ends up taking a, um, a kick receipt off Owen Lane, who passed it inside. And then he's sort of searching. He's running across the field, searching for a hole, finds one. And then just makes great decisions. Um, he's got pace as well. There's two players. There. He's got two players outside him. Thomas Williams cuts inside and ends up just holding the ball in two hands. Defenders don't know what to do. Goes over and he scores all the points for the... He scores 20 points for the Blues. Yeah, he was um, brilliant. But also, was, so was Thomas Williams. The breakdown, though. They were, they, on the floor, they were fantastic Blues, I thought. They, they were good on the floor, they were, but just defensively at the end as well and they had to deal with a lot of scrums they had to deal with a lot of line out drives which they just managed to somehow they managed to because they were down a lot in terms of weight of packs Um, you know the the Leon pack was a big pack and the the Blues pack was fairly lightweight compared to that but it was just jobs on the line sort of stuff towards the end and Leon scored right at the end but did Carl Ferns the game was won do right when he came on? Yeah, Carl Ferns did really well when he came on. A couple of big carries, a nice little offload. Good to see him back. Bar should never let him go. Say it again, we say it a lot. But Ellis Jenkins was... Yeah. Class. Mint. He was mint. Class. Yeah, I've got on him. Uh, Ulster Ooh. beat to Le- uh, Leicester. Ulster didn't have to play particularly well. It was Just quickly, Goujon was good at eight for... He was tasty, was he? Really tasty. And obviously Nakataki on yeah, the wing. Also tidy as you like. Yeah. Um, yeah, Leicester didn't really get cooking, did they? They didn't really get out of first gear, which is a shame. Um, you know, I think they're, Leicester were so dominant for so long, I think they've now become a medium to long-term project, actually, for Jordan Murphy and Simon Cohen up there. I think there's a, a decent amount of work to do up there to get them the, re- the required standard, you know, on a weekly basis. They, I mean, Ulster, yeah, Ulster, again, didn't have to be near their best, really. So it wasn't, wasn't the best exhibition, that. What were we saying... About Will Addison, signing for Ulster. Good. Such a skillful player. Brilliant player. And Mike Haley at Munster. Yeah. Both really good players. Well, Addison, Waddison. Addison was rated a bit higher than Haley. I always thought at Sale, but I don't think there's actually much between them. But I do think Will Addison is I think he's, potentially I think, a special player. I think he's probably a little bit more dangerous ball in hand. Yeah. I think he just offers a, probably a tiny bit more um, of an attacking threat. Mm. He just looks comfortable. And yeah. he seemed to settle in really well. He doesn't look like a confidence player, does he? He looks like he's always confident. Yes. Yeah. I so mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, you don't see his head go down much. It was nice to see um, Tuilangi back and scoring a, a try. He finished his try really well. Gets so low, just sort of rides the tackle and just ends up powering through. And yeah. um, you sort of hope he he makes it back. Not because I'm a, a massive sort of Leicester or England supporter, but. You can appreciate. You're a talent supporter. Yeah, you're a talent supporter. You can appreciate and how difficult it is sometimes to come back from injury when you get other more injuries. And you know he's had a bad, bad run of them. You just hope he can stay fit. Yeah, because he, sh- he is a massive talent. That's for sure. He certainly is. Um, and I was at Gloucester against Cass today. 
um, being Sunday and I mean it wasn't the best game it was a try disallowed a little bit of controversy Tommy so there was the Jerome Kano in the Bath game which has proved divisive um, amongst supposed experts and fans and that sort of stuff um, I think just quick we're going to be divided for a long time I think on this on these subjects and these tackles I think it's no one's ever ever going to be happy with decisions I think it's so split sort of 50-50 yeah um, but and but, you got and you got no comebacks too. Well, and rightly or, and or rightly, you know, because that's that's the most important thing. But I, we shouldn't have comebacks against that, really. But I do think that the only way to end these conversations is to toss a coin. Yeah, okay. is to is to Paper, fully, stones. fully no. lower the tackle height, the legal tackle height. So it's nipple height or chest height, hmm, whatever. And even if everyone's kit has to have a line on it, whatever. Then if you want to do it, do it properly. Um, you can still tackle, tackle at chest height, which is pretty punchy. Um, yeah, so they tried disallowed. Yeah, so what was what's controversial at King's Home was um, the Marshall try being disallowed down the left because Fraser Balmain took out uh, Christoph Samson on the second row, who wasn't allegedly part of the ruck. Um, and Brian Moore tweeted on it, and I Brian Moore is actually an authority on well, lots of things actually and I, I must say I've always I always do and always have enjoyed them but you took, the views. Pi- you took the piss out of him at the MBN Speaker of the Year Award so therefore he is going to have a crack at you yeah exactly well I didn't I introduced him at the Speaker of the Year Award as um, everyone's favourite psychopath fair enough isn't it oh, was there a joke then or not no it's not a joke alright no, is- yeah. I thought you'd been serious I was, I was waiting for the punchline would he have your eye out if you looked at him wrong. I think there's a good chance he would. So I like that. I really like um, Moro's opinions, and I very often refer to Moro when I want some expertise. But then, I oh, know he's a great bloke, and you're he is. Right. But I, in this one, I just he's thought, a voice of reason a lot of the time. On yeah, social and he doesn't care what people think, which I love. And I, I just don't agree with this time. So Austin and I said that is not a try. That's a shocker. That is not a disallowed try. That's a shocker. It should be a try. And the thing is, when someone, you always get people on Twitter saying. If you say that's not forward, they'll say, we hate you, hope you die, you're the worst commentator in the world, it wasn't, or it was. You know, I, you get all that stuff, who cares? But I can't then, listen to Flatman. Yeah, you're the worst commentator in the world, um, that's fine. So I was just reading them. But then, <laughs> but then you get, uh, <laughs> when you get an actual expert like Moro, who says the commentators are wrong, that interests me. I don't think, oh no, have we made a mistake? Because everyone makes mistakes, including more, including everyone who's ever commentated on a game live. Always make mistakes. That's fine, but I thought I'm actually going to check this out because I, I don't think I am wrong, and if I am, I will go onto social media because that's the the medium of the day, and I will say I was wrong on that. Have a good night. Hold my hands up. Yeah, hold my funny hands up. So fine, but I went to see this chap from the EPCR who was a sighting guy and a referee coach and that's a referee assessor or I can't remember exactly. And I went to see him in the analysis truck. Got a screenshot of it which I've got on my phone now, and he goes that. That is a really poor decision. That try should definitely have been given. So what you're saying is that when he's he's taken the man out past the ball, is that why it's... Balmain it, has been accused of taking the man out who was not part of the ruck. But he's at, but the, who was it? Who did Balmain take out? Christoph Sampson. So, but Sampson is coming into the ruck, isn't he? So he's he's in contact with the tackle player. So he's yeah. got both hands tackle player. He re, he relinquishes. He re, basically loses contact, takes his hands out of the ruck effectively, off the tackle player to brace himself for Balmain taking him off. In terms of his proximity to the tackled player and therefore the ruck, he has one foot, which is effectively 
next to almost his toes will yeah. be underneath the lower back of the tackle player. His right foot is over the top. If Balmain wasn't there, if no one took him out, he would just reach down, pick up the ball, go. Yeah, so when you're entering a ruck, you're looking for threats, aren't you? Threats to the ball. Yeah. He is a genuine threat. Yep. And he's taken out. Yep. Um, but Samora's saying, by letter of the law, that is a penalty, is what he's saying, yeah? Yeah. But then you could say the same about a player that gets tackled and there's a split second where there's a delayed offload. He's... He ends up getting tackled. He's on the ground. He offloads the ball. Now, you're not allowed to do that. Yet it continues. So what I'm saying is that not always can games be absolutely ref by the letter of the law. Because yeah. the letter of the law says you have to place the ball immediately. You can't wait like half a second or a second before support comes and you offload the ball off the ground. So I'm, with, I'm yeah. with you on that. Interestingly, I've just, I've just as you were talking, I checked my Twitter feed. This I've is got, happening I've live, guys. i got your guys. back, buddy. And Brian Moore said, I have to disagree with Flats, and he wasn't the author of the rubbish comment. There was a comment that said, someone was, I have no problem with him, dis- with him disagreeing. He calls it as he sees it, and so do I. And I like that. I just have, I've never found disagreement to be aggressive or confrontational. People make it confrontational because people on Twitter say, I don't agree with that call. They come on and say, you are terrible at your job because you've got that, okay, you're a terrible commenter. Okay, fine. But actually, you know, you don't, that's not the way to. That's not the way to have a conversation. But I've got no problem with being disagreed with or being wrong. Neither's Moro. So we were fine. we were a little bit worried, weren't we, about checking your phone, um, panicking what might be there. But what do you mean? You know, we weren't sure about what reply Moro was going to come back with. Oh God, yeah. we were going to save it for after. But well done, you did it. <laughs> We've done it, it. Yeah. Can you let go of my hand now? <laughs> uh, but what that shows me is a little bit of mutual respect as well between two pundits. Um, you're allowed a difference of opinion. Yes, yeah, fine. I like. I, in fact, I kind of like that. I feel like it makes punditry a bit better when you kind of excited by it, aren't you? Yeah, kind of disagree a little bit. Uh, pretty decent win for Saracens over in Glasgow. No, they're not on a no. They haven't flown anywhere. I've got a boat. They probably have. They have flown. They haven't left the island. That's what I'm saying. They left the British they island. They left the country though. Yeah, but up. I'm going to say. Decent win for Saracens over in Glasgow. Fine, say what you want. Um, you sound weird. You've got issues. You sound weird. You've got issues. Yeah, decent win. I mean, not not the tri-fest everyone thought. It's, I guess it's off in the way. But um, it's Mike Rhodes got over for Saracens. only try of the match. I, I do like Michael Rhodes, actually. I think he's going to end up playing for England quite yeah. soon. Because he's just... Do you know what? Brad Barrett was just, really physical. He's just so big and was physical. Um, he's just big and hard, Rhodes. He's just big, hard geezer. A little bit of a worry, I think, over the Vinopolas. Both went off with injuries. Yeah. Mako and Billy. Mako first half. Billy limped off in the second half, not long into it. That is a worry and a, a, for England because for two reasons. One, Marla's gone at Lucid now for England. If Mako's injured, then Genji's your third choice. Your next up, rather. Second choice now behind Mako. He's currently injured. And if he gets back in time, then he will hardly have played. So you're actually going... Abano's injured, but not that he was necessarily that high in the pecking order anyway. And you've got some really good options. You've got Nathan Cat, you've got Ben Moon, you've got Hepburn, you've got Waller, you've got guys that could do a really good job for England. But you are without the top three, currently the top three loose heads in the country. So that's a bit of an issue, but you can cover that because there are so many good players and there's never been more competition at loose head ever, I don't think. But... Without Billy, England have never looked as good. 
Toby Faletau's out for Wales as well, and yeah. he is just pivotal. Yeah, in in how Wales play and his work rate and his carrying, and how elusive he is in those wide channels. So that's a massive worry. John Davis is back now, which is good, and he looked decent at the weekend. Put a lovely little chip in, a uh, little grubber through for the Nichols try. The fox. The fox. Um, just the a couple of results, I think, to touch on in the Challenge Cup. I think it's great that Bristol have bounced back. Uh, Forty-three. 22 over Zebra, yeah. Zebra. Um, and you know they needed that especially after last week and also Worcester going out to Stade Francais oh, no, great win that huge 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 um, you want to see Worcester do well don't you you want to yeah. see Bristol do you want to see all the teams do well feels like Worcester have woken up doesn't it maybe then, do you know what I'm glad Bristol won this weekend but Worcester's last week or two is doesn't spell great news in the short term. Not so good for Northampton, losing 41-20 to Claremont. Ospreys did a job against Poe, and, and Dragons beaded, uh, beaded. beat Tiramisu. They beaded them, they beaded them. How do you even say that? Um, Timisora. Timisora. They beat Tiramisu. Tiramisu, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, a good old, it's a good old weekend, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. It's been a lovely time, I've enjoyed. It? Yeah. Right, we've missed a couple of the jokes or stories we've had over the last couple of weeks just because the pods have been long. So we'll do, we'll have a bit of a catch up now. And here's the first. Hello, lads. This is John from Newport. Thought I'd uh, give you a bit of a joke. So last night I just had two cans of spaghetti alphabets. Now I've got the largest vowel movement known to man. Oh, God. It sounded like he forgot what he was going to talk about. Yeah. Um, um, oh, God. Yeah. Look, next one. Hello, my name's Simon Hammerschmidt, and I've got a really short joke for you. Well, it's shorter than two and a half minutes anyway. So there's this woman, and she has twins, but unfortunately she can't keep them, so she puts them up for adoption. One of them goes to a family in Egypt, and he's called Amal. And the other one goes to a family in Spain, and they name him Juan. Anyway, years later, Juan sends a picture of himself to his mum. And upon receiving the picture, she tearfully tells her husband that she wished she had a picture of her other son. And her husband says, but darling, they're twins. Once you've seen Juan, you've seen them all. <laughs> oh, he's back. That's better, Simon. Simon. Last time well was 20 done. minutes long. That, well that's, done. That's much better. <laughs> I wonder where it was going. Didn't get me to the end. Did you get it to the end? I didn't predict that. That's good. Good stuff. All right, Shanks, this is one for you, mate. Do you remember back in 2011 when you were on Scrum 5 and you were asked about the uh, Sam Warburton red card and you pulled a yellow card out of your top pocket? No one laughs. I just wanted to let you know, me and my mate Danny Quick-Troy-Cemento thought it was hilarious, but What's he on about? Uh, during the uh, World Cup, you know, when Sam Warbling gets red-carded. For some reason, I was doing a... I think it was the last time I was on Scrum 5, actually. Um, I bought a prop with me. So I added, I made myself a little cardboard yellow card. Yeah. And I said... Um, do you know what Alan Willan needed? He needed one of these. Pulled out a yellow card. Just like silent. Just oh, tumbleweed. No. I didn't know what to say. 
I just end up saying, well, that went down well, didn't it? And then they erupted and I was loved again. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, that is, I think that is the last time I was on Scrum 5. So what's the moral of that story? Um, is there one? Don't make props and bring them in. Hello, lads. This is uh, Will Kelly from Surrey. Uh, I just want to give you a little joke now. Um, sure, now, what Irishman do keep outside all year round? I'll tell you. Pity your furniture. Didn't get that, didn't hear that. I want to give you a little joke now. Um, sure, now, what Irishman to keep outside all year round? I'll tell you. Pity your furniture. No, can't hear that, mate. Um, I think he's just doing an Irish accent. Yeah, I can't hear that, mate. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, Dad. that's Sorry, enough Dad. of the jokes. Uh, by the way, one result that we haven't mentioned because... While we've been recording the pod, the game has been ongoing. Newcastle Falcons have beaten Toulon at the Stab Mile 26-25. That's huge. Absolutely. I know Toulon are in horrible form, but so what? That is a brilliant victory. Really, really pleased for them. Well blimmin' played. I can't wait to watch that. Well done. Look forward to the highlight to that. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it next week, okay? Yeah, look forward to that. All right, love you, bye. Good luck to you, bye. 